we have high expectations. Coming up on this episode, Ellen and Jaslyn talk manic pixie dream girls as they tear apart paper towns and leave it crumpled on the floor. If you enjoy this podcast, please tell all of your friends. We are 13 minutes into the movie <laughs> Paper Towns. Yep. Based on the book by John Green. John Green. And Alan's not liking it. <laughs> yeah, I'm not. But it's still entertaining not liking. It's not boring. It's just annoying. What's annoying you? So this movie features Cara Delevingne and her eyebrows. She is already basically introduced as a classic manic pixie dream girl with no signs of stopping. Do, do you think our listeners know what manic pixie dream girl is? So just picture in your minds. Just just close your eyes for a second. Okay. And so I want you to think about bangs. Fringe. Sorry. And then underneath that fringe, blue eyes. And then the face falls in. Fills in. And it's Zoe Deschanel. That's a manic pixie dream girl. Basically every single role she plays, with maybe the exception of the new girl, is a manic pixie dream girl. They are two-dimensional. They are often shown um, beside the male lead. They are always happy, kind of happy-go-lucky, always quirky. Got to remember quirky. Got to have capitalised letters within the words. Sorry, that's in Paper Towns. She writes a list of stuff she needs from a supermarket. All of it crazy. What's she up to? And also, all of the words are written with capital letters within the word, words just meaninglessly. Yep. Because she's quirky. She's quirky. Just a little bit of history behind the term. The term was coined after a movie called Elizabeth Town, And a reviewer said that Kirsten Dunst in that film, who Ashley Hume recently said she never likes the acting of. Shout out to Ashley Hume. Shout out to Ashley Hume, who tells funny jokes. Yeah, so after that, they were like, what is the point in this character? She's just like a manic pixie dream girl. The dream girl being, she's not real. These people aren't real. And they're always women. And they're always next to, like, sensitive, you know, introspective, introverted men who need to be brought out of their shell. She needs to show him how to live. Yeah, they're always some boring guy who's stuck in a rut. Who would, you know, dedicated to his career. (laughs) He's got a nice, steady job. Steady life, and then boring friends, whatever. Often a weird face, yeah, unusual often, face. Yeah. <laughs> not not, <laughs> not conven- an Adam Driver way. Yeah. Not conventionally attractive, <laughs> but and... in a Zach Braff way. <laughs> <laughs> and then she just comes in, turns his life upside down. He kind of enjoys it at first, and then gets some kind of backlash. But then finds out that he loves her all along. Loves her all along. But Does couldn't... she sort of him? Oh. Yes. Um, with the exception of 500 Days of Summer? Yes. Yes. So Garden State? Yes. Elizabethtown? Yes. Anything else with Zoe Deschanel in it? Probably yes. Yes, man. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Paper Towns? We'll, we'll see. Ooh, apparently, um, I wanted to see this film because I'd heard, like, a lot of people saw it and they were quite disappointed because, I don't know, it's all advertised with Cara Delevingne's in a movie. Whoa, and apparently she's not in it for very long. That's all I know about this film. So I think she mysteriously disappears. So what's happened so far is that she's like crazy. She does all these crazy things that you wouldn't even believe, like runs away with the circus or 
travels with bands on tours. And she's a high school student, so she just doesn't go to school, apparently. Yeah, and no one says anything about it. She's maybe 15, 16, <laughs> traveling around. She's woken up the lead, whatever his name is, no one cares, at night. And she's like, I got nine problems and we've got to sort them out. I got nine problems and my boyfriend's one. Anyway, <laughs> I don't know if he's one. And so now they're driving in a car and she, and just like all of her dialogue is delivered like, I'm mysterious. I'm so mysterious, but quirky. <laughs> and intriguing and intriguing. sexy and, and not so, real. You're so boring and living this straight edge life. Oh, and that's the thing that really annoyed me. The last thing she said was, this is going to be the best night of your life. And it's like, cool. Yeah. Manic pixie dream girl all over it. Helping me with my errands is going to be the best night, night of, of your, your life. life. Wow, that's really egotistical. And, like, he's, like, 12. So, surely there's a lot of days which could be the best night of his life. Yeah. But anyway, he said that he's soon going to leave for college and he's going to forget all about the girl next door. Except for that one night. Except for that one awesome best night of his life where he drove her around running errands. <laughs> Great thing about this movie, though, the casting of the young version of Margot, really good. It really looks like her. Jaslyn has a theory that her eyebrows are fake. I feel like she's... She's wearing fake eyebrows to like, look like Kara. Maybe they're related. Yeah, same nose, eh? I'm going to look this up. <laughs> what else annoyed you about this movie? I guess it's like kind of the cliched, it's America suburbia, but something mysterious is going on. It's like, oh, I'm getting into the underbelly of suburbia. Not that interesting. Mm. One thing that was <laughs> kind of funny was the protagonist's friend, of course, the constant joke in American movies is that you've got a hot mom and I want to have sex with your mom. Oh, yeah, yeah. Instead of saying they want to have sex with her, he said they want to give her a bath. Yeah. Which is oddly specific. <laughs> and kind of sweet and, like, he just wants to wash her. But also way more creepy. Yeah. And then his friend's also quirky. Everyone's a bit quirky. Like, his, his token black friend, who has a serious girlfriend. His parents collect black Santas. Like the way my mom does with white ones. Mom, come on. Up your game. Shout out to Ellen's mom. Shout out to Ellen's mom, who I told not to listen to this podcast. Um, <laughs> she she probably does. has a lot of Santas. She probably does anyway. <laughs> Shout out to my mom. I know you're listening. <laughs> Judy! <laughs> okay, so young Margot is played by an actor called Hannah Alligood. Alligood. She's from Birmingham, Alabama. Ooh. And she's got reasonably good eyebrows, but not Cara Delevingne Yeah, eyebrows. she's had them filled in. And she's got curly hair as well, in real life. What else don't you like about okay. this film, Jaslyn? What else do you like about this film? Terrible lighting. Missed opportunity. Why would you have Cara Delevingne in a film that's not, like, perfect sunny lighting all the time? That's how I like my movies. <laughs> yeah, fair enough. Drive wrong. beautiful. In a dark car at night. I'm like, when's it going to be daytime again? Like, I like quirky movies, but you have to go the whole way. Like, you have to go Wes Anderson quirky if you want a quirky. Do you know what I mean? I know. Or Tim Burton quirky. Yeah. But this is just kind of like, everyone's a little bit quirky with their little backstories. I feel like she's intentionally quirky, which annoys me. Oh, yeah. She's not naturally quirky. No. She wants to be the mysterious girl. The fact that well, she maybe leaves... when we watch it, maybe yeah. there's more to that. There might be more to it, but the fact that she deliberately leaves clues to people about where she's going. Yeah, she's like, look at me, look at me. It's very deliberate. Yeah. I'm going to do one of my capers now, but I'll leave a clue. She's not spontaneous in her quirkiness. She's capers. Very... Capers. 
<laughs> Relax. <laughs> when she's off on one of her capers, Brie is premeditated. Yeah. She's not naturally quirky. So we pause that while the movie is. They're about to start the errands, I guess. have started already, but yeah. let's see how the night they continues. They went to, like, Walmart. Oh, no, it's called BJ's. BJ's. Which is good. Good name. <laughs> Gotta have that BJ scene. <laughs> I was, <laughs> I went past the truck the other day and it was, it said BJ ball paper. False. <laughs> False. <laughs> Yesterday I was eating energy balls and I said to the people I'm training with, I was like, please don't tease me. And they're like, I would never do that. And they were just like, keep being like, keep eating your balls. <laughs> balls are funny. Balls are funny. Because they're ridiculous. <laughs> If anyone knows why balls are funny, can you please write in? I just don't know why, but it's so funny. So we are now 54 minutes into the film. And I think it's killing me. It's better to say that Alan's dying from watching this movie. (laughs) The tank's running empty. It's boring. It's boring. (laughs) You really hate the protagonist. We still don't know his name. (laughs) But we hate Ben. He hates no, Ben as well. Quentin. Q. She oh, Q. Quentin. Quentin. Q. She and his friend's Q. called Ben, and he's the one that wanted to give his mother a bath, and he's just annoying. Like, they go into this abandoned place, and he just, like, smashes a snow globe. It's just really unnecessary. Yeah. I know that it's an abandoned place, but don't make it more messy. Also, Ben is... What's the word? He's, like, a J character, but not funny. J from the he's really, He's really, like, a horny character. He's J from Inbetweeners-esque. He, like, shames Quentin for not hooking up with Margot. Yep. But then he talks about all these girls he supposedly had sex with, which seems dubious. Which is very very Jay-like. Except Jay's actually funny. (laughs) This character's lame. But what did you think of what his other friend just said? Like, your problem is you keep expecting everyone to be the same. We're the same. I feel like he just didn't even acknowledge what he said. He should just be like, yeah, Ben's a dick. We both know Ben's a dick. I'm sorry about that. They're actually not good friends. <laughs> anyway, Quentin yeah. sucks. He deserves Quentin everything sucks. he's coming from. I think Quentin's really entitled and very obsessive to a scary degree. Like, he pays Margot's little sister to go into Margot's room. And I know that Margot's encouraged it by leaving clues, but, I mean, that doesn't mean that he has to cross that moral. The clues were in his bedroom. When he found that note of the address of that house, that was oh, she's in, already his left in his bedroom. He didn't, she didn't want him to go looking through her bedroom. But she'd left clues in her bedroom. I think they were just decoys. Oh. I don't think they're relevant to the plot. Oh. See, she didn't even want him to... Well, the little sister said no one goes in Margot's room. So why would she want him in her room? Like, yeah, maybe they're relevant. I forget exactly, but... Who cares? <laughs> I think they were relevant. Yeah, because yeah, two clues he found in her... He found the clue in her room because she put something up next to the window so that he could see it. And then he found the album cover that the poster was from, and the album cover had a clue, and then the clue. All right. And there are so many different clues, okay. and they're really cryptic. And then he just gets led to this abandoned lot, and they it had some quote about paper towns. Also, she said paper towns, and that's just cheesy. She's they like, they're said all. said the name of the film. They said the name of the film in the film, which can be effective, but this was just fucking cheesy. Oh, and also, there was this bit like, nothing is as beautiful up close. And then I said, like, except you. And then he's like, but not you. And then me and Jason just like laughed because the, the script is, is really dumb and really it's easily predicted. 
And yeah, no, so I actually have a lot of problem with this main protagonist, though, and how obsessively he's following Margot. It's just, it's like, hey, young men watching this film, if some girl is, like, weird and mysterious, definitely, or, or just follow women and go th- through their stuff, and, yeah, you know. Also, keep in mind, Margot and Quentin weren't friends. Yeah. They hadn't talked in nine years. Nine years. They hang out one night, and suddenly he's obsessively going through her bedroom, knowing all the stuff about her, and, like, trying mm. to hunt her down. Mm. Like, that's weird. Yeah, that's really weird. And also, it's just, like, an unhealthy dynamic, even if she's in on it. Right? Very. And what's the other thing I was going to say? Oh, yeah, and she she's just definitely, like, a stereotypical manic pixie dream girl. She's in it as a plot device. She's in it very little. It's mostly just him finding clothes. That's We've watched it for about 40 minutes, and that's all we've seen, right? Yeah. Other thing I wanted to say about her is that she says, like, once you leave your comfort zone, that's when you'll start to live. So that's very much like a Manic Pixie Dream Girl thing to do, to show him how to live. And it's really on the nose. Like, they're not even making yeah. a joke about it. We don't see her talk to any other women. The only other woman who serves the plot is the woman who talks to them, her best friend, who's like, I wonder where she is. And, Ben, that horrible character, just spends the whole time very obviously staring at her breasts. Yep, and hitting on her for a prom date. Have you got um, high expectations bingo going? Because I'm like, I don't know who this is. The audience is meant to be, and there's just a lack of representation. No, but seriously, who is meant to be watching this film? Young women and men. Yeah. Okay. It's a young adult novel. Yeah. So it's a young adult movie. But surely the majority of people reading and watching, reading the book and watching this film are women, are young women. Most of them would be women, I think. This is incredibly damaging. If you're a woman, it's like, oh, yeah, if a guy chases you, then you, then that's a good thing. It's not a good thing. Don't be an obsessive stalker. Yeah, and also, like, ugh, I feel like she's, like, dancing up really close to him, being really flirty, and, like, but there's an expectation that he should make a move, but he's like, no, I won't make a move, because actually kissing someone, embracing them, or making a physical connection is a bad thing. We had a real connection, so that means we don't have sex. And also, his other friend is not having sex with his girlfriend until prom night, which is fucking stupid! The sex will be bad, don't have it on a special night. Also, prom night isn't everything's all cracked up to be. Thank God we don't have that here, anyway. Thank God. I don't know. I'm not interested. Like, they haven't... I don't know. Just, they don't know how to do their underdogs well. I don't find them relatable. No queer characters. Not that we know of. That we know of. No, like, women. <laughs> except for, like, 40 seconds. <laughs> not 40 seconds. But this is actually really poor. I feel like they just didn't... Like, the dialogue is actually quite snappy. And the acting isn't terrible. Like, I don't, yeah. I don't know if I like those actors so much, but I can't tell if that's the script or the direction or the actual acting. Because Cara Delevingne isn't originally an actor. She's a model. But you were saying that you thought she was pretty good. I didn't say she was pretty good. I said that she's good, but she has a very limited range. Yeah, she has a limited range, yeah. Which I had no idea what that meant. But you still said she was good, so that was true. I just took you out of context. I will not be taken out of context. There was more to what I said. I think you said that you thought that was very good. Oh, oh, I guess a pretty good. Pretty good for... Oh, interesting. Pretty good for me means, like, oh, yeah, she was good. She was okay. So pretty good is less than good? Pretty good is less than good. Is pretty good, like, she's very good for you. I guess that's true. Pretty good is less than good. I think pretty good is less than good. Is that what I mean? Yeah. That's what I think. I think when you have to add an adjective in front of good, it either lessens it or increases it, right? So Right. So pretty good is less than good. Ah. It's it's almost too good. 
What do other people think? They could write in. Write <laughs> in. To high expectations podcast at gmail.com. Send all of your mail to P.O. Box. I'm sorry. <laughs> send us a postcard. That'd be awesome. But for them to send us a postcard, we'd have to, like, not give out our address. <laughs> That's how that works. <laughs> send us an e card. Yep. To high expectations podcast at gmail.com. Oh, yeah, we have an email. Or comment on the posts. Yeah. Tweet us. Gage. Stop Engage being apathetic youth. Your hosts. <laughs> Start voting. Start commenting on our posts. Call to arms. It's a call to arms. It's the system. It's the system. That's what's wrong with the paper towns. She's all like, I hate paper towns. It's like, why don't you like question the very constructs and conditioning in your own life? Why do you respond to men around you like this? Actually, you know what? It's not her fault. It's not her fault. It's this really two-dimensional character who's written by John Green. It's John Green's fault. I don't know what the book's like. I shouldn't rip into John Green. The book is probably quite wordy as well. Quite wordy. I think he probably has quite a lot of good dialogue, which maybe is lesser in the film for time. True. And I feel like, <laughs> Ka- uh, not Kara, Margot doesn't understand what a paper town is because she just rants about, this is a paper town with paper streets. And paper people, you're just paper. No one actually cares about anything in this town. So like wafer fan, like um, yeah, wafer fan, like yeah. two two dimensional, like her, yeah, <laughs> like like Delavine's acting. <laughs> I thought you said it was good. I said it was good, but limited range. Cause I'm the bad cop here. I feel. I feel like I'm the one that's just like ripping into this film, and you're like, oh yeah. The well. funny thing but is, I feel like we're both the bad cops because it's bad. <laughs> Funny thing is, coming to this movie, I think. <laughs> oh yeah, I forgot about that bit where they're like twinsies. They like okay. put their they do the ET thing and they put their fingers together. And then he wakes up the next morning, sees it on his finger, and sniffs his finger. Oh weird! What an odd thing to do. Oh, okay, so I'm on Rotten Tomatoes, and Alex Zane from Sun Online says. With the overarching story so unengaging, coupled with Margot's fondness for making worldly statements no 18-year-old can say without sounding pretentious, this turns out to be better on paper. Them puns. Also terrible puns in this film. Like, she wraps up her friend's car with um, glide wrap, as we call them in this fair country, and um, then she says, puts a post-it note on it with all the capitalization, of course, and it says... That's a wrap on our friendship. <laughs> oh, is that as bad as the eyebrow thing? She removes someone's eyebrows. Eyebrows grow back, but lame, lame is forever. forever. <laughs> it's like she ran out of ideas. I was like, ah. Uh. So it's kind of hit and miss. Oh, okay. So it's 56%, which isn't too bad, but the audience score only got 49%. And if the audience doesn't like it, then what's the point? Ultimately, a forgotten entry in the young adult genre. Ooh. Ooh. It's not even bad. It's just like mediocre. No one cares. Margot's departure leaves us in the company of characters who are way less interesting than her. And the answer to her mystery when it comes hardly seems worth the wait. <gasps> Which is what I was saying. We should. Okay, so we're not going to wait. We're just going to fast forward. I think we're going to skip forward about half an hour. Okay, so everyone listening at home, Jaslyn has this thing she does, and I'm sure many listeners either do this or find this blasphemous and it's called the jazz edit and it's when you're like all of this plot is just superfluous i'm gonna skip yes yeah, so i skip forward chunk. a good 
I just get from chunk half an hour, 20 minutes. And when the movie starts playing again, if I feel lost, I'll keep watching. If I know exactly what's going on, I'll just skip a bit more. I was talking to Kathy about it and she was like, sounds like a huge cliche. I think everything about this film is a cliche. So I'll be very surprised if you skip ahead and we'll be lost. I just feel like it's really formulaic. I just feel like I've seen this film a thousand times before. Man, that's such a nasty thing to say, but it's true. True. One thing I did notice Margot says about having, everyone's a paper town, paper people, everyone's boring and no one cares, all the same. Yep. And then it's kind of referenced, there's a party scene where one of Quentin's friends peer pressures him to come into this party. And then he says about, you expect us all to be the same, but we're different. Yeah. I feel like that's linked somehow, but it's a real subtle link. Yeah, there would be some kind of like moral message in all this, wouldn't there? There'd be some kind of meaning behind it all. Are we going to fast forward the movie? <laughs> okay. And then we'll watch the conclusion. The movie just ended. It's bullshit. It's just... It's just, it's just bullshit. <laughs> we skipped forward about 45 minutes. Oh my god! This is so pointless! <laughs> what I don't understand is that Margot ran away because the town she was living in was a paper town full of paper people and paper roads. So she moves to a small town where nothing's where going on. Nothing happens. All she can do is read a book where people care even less and they're so more alike than the bigger city. What the hell is what that the about? Fuck? What the fuck? Margot? What the fuck was that movie? Also like and how he's like, oh I actually realised that she's like just a girl like she's not like more than a person but it's like he wasn't even making her into a person he wasn't personifying her in any way he was objectifying her like she was just this idea to him which is even less than a person and so once he met up with her and she was like oh actually i don't like you then he was like oh yeah well you know she was flawed she didn't like me (laughs) (laughs) so he tracks her down Says hi to her, and she's like, why are you here? Yeah, she's like, baffled. He's like, you left all those clues for me. I left those clues so that you know I was okay. I didn't expect you to come all throughout the country to hang out with me. Also, why is she there in a small town? Why does no one care that this 16, 17-year-old girl, maybe she's 17 at the end of high school, is by herself? Where's she getting her funds? How is she living? Also... Why does she just leave school? Yeah. Also, like, I, I suppose she hasn't been at school enough to even pass. Yeah. <laughs> and he gets over her real quick. Yeah. He hears all these rumours of what oh, he's up next. Because it's like, closure, right? Yeah, it's like closure. He has a obsessive crush, and, like, meeting up with her is closure. Well, I mean, like, I don't know. I guess I discredited it by being like, she didn't like him. Like, there's, like, there's an implication that she liked him, but not... It's it, Like you said, it's kind of just out of nowhere as well. Yeah, and he realises he's been this huge dork by travelling up to find her, and he stands there looking like... I made a massive mistake. I'm so embarrassed. Like, like, why am I here? This guy, if you looked up dork in the dictionary, his picture would be next to it. And, like, he goes to the prom and he dances. And he dances <laughs> real dorky with his fingers. <laughs> and then Jaslyn skipped through it. Maybe there was maybe something really interesting happened. Nothing good happened. Nothing interesting happened in this movie. Like, I thought there was going to be a murder mystery. That's what I was going to say. Because now there's, like, a guy dead. I thought there was going to be a big mystery within oh. the town. Like, a horrible secret that was going to get revealed. Which would have been interesting. It would have been better. Um, no. Maybe I've just like read too many murder mystery type things recently. Because I was like, oh, exciting. Like, there's going to be a big secret revealed. Like you said, the movie is a portrait of a dorky guy. Yeah. Slash portrait of a intentionally quirky schoolgirl who runs away to a really 
boring location because she doesn't actually have the ability to do anything actually fun <laughs> and somehow supports herself with no job, no qualifications. Well, she said that she'd been planning no it funds. for a while, so you'd assume that she maybe have some savings, but then even then. And so do you think that all that stuff about her running away off the circus, was that just, she just ran away and then did boring stuff she and then came back? She went to boring places. Like, That's what I, that was my suspicion as well. The years of, these, of this high school girl who's like 13, 14, they don't just run away and tour with bands. Yeah. Or join circuses, maybe a circus. Oh. But not without any kind of like parental supervision. Like, no, well, that's not necessarily mine. true. Like, um, almost famous. Another famous Manic Pixie Dream Girl, Kate Hudson in that movie. She is actually based on an, a teenager. So that, that did actually happen. But they didn't tour up and down the country. They just slept with rock stars and hung out at concerts. But also, isn't Almost Famous set in the 60s? Yes, so different times. Different times. Yeah. And teenagers like, were basically adults then. Yeah, and parental supervision was very different. Everyone could smoke on planes. And there was a bar in the council and everyone had a big piss up. It was a different time. It was a different time. I'm not impressed with this big budget film. I thought it was going to be actually interesting because there was so much press around it when it came out. I think a lot of other people did too. And then all, all through my Twitter feed, people were just like really disappointed with Paper Towns. And I was like, well, I mean, a lot of stuff that people hate are like, so I'll give it a go and I'll see how I feel. Also, Jessica had already seen the film and I didn't realize it. And then she was like, do they fall in love though? Do they? So she knew. I'm setting it up for the audience. <laughs> and for you. Also, like, I wonder if our audience hates that we watch movies and then just spoil the end. But I feel like we watch it so you don't have to. Paper Towns came out I don't know, 2013, 2014 yeah. maybe? Yeah. Come on. If you want to see the movie, you want to see it by now. <laughs> Get around to that. Shit. Um, I actually would recommend this to no one. I would also recommend it to no one. Maybe if you're, like, really boring. Actually, if you want a good young adult, I think The Perks of Being a Wolf... Or perks of Being a Wallflower has its problems, but I think it's better. I haven't seen that one. Yeah. It's kind of got the same kind of like cheesy young adult, but there is, again, there's actually a dark secret. They deal with mental illness. The characters in it are actually interesting. It focuses on interesting characters, not like a little bit at the beginning and a little bit at the end and boring characters throughout, but interesting characters throughout. In that respect, it's better. And 10 Things I Hate About You is always Perth. I have seen 10 Things I Hate About You once. Why just once? I don't know why. I don't even remember exactly what happens in it. <laughs> but I know that Heath Ledger's in it. Heath Ledger is in it. I think maybe I only saw it once because I wasn't mm. a fan of Heath Ledger until the Joker and then he died. <laughs> Surely you like Brokeback Mountain. Brokeback Mountain is a good film. It's a beautifully shot. <laughs> it's a beautifully shot film. It's a good story. It is a good story. But are the lead actors good? Yes. Do you mean like in that film or in general? Because yes and yes. Jake Gyllenhaal's a great actor. Great. You seen Donnie Darko? I have. Actually, Quentin in this film reminded me a lot of Donnie Darko. Well, that is definitely not a compliment. More so in like I think he's much less interesting. Much less interesting, but more so in like appearance, where he's kind of got that confused look. Like I need to be cool, but I don't know what's going on right now. Of course, in Donnie Darko, he has this freaky rabbit following him around, which made more sense to be, like, confused. Whereas this guy's just a dork. This guy is just a dork. <laughs> I don't want to watch a dork for, like, an hour and 49 minutes and five seconds. Out of ten, this movie is throw my shoe at the screen. Just kidding, Jasmine. I don't want to break your TV. This movie sucks. Suck it and not see. 
<laughs> don't see what the prize would be. <laughs> Does anyone know what I'm talking about? Suck it and see. Suck it and see. Prize will be. Know. You remember those straws at KFC and they were different colour? Suck it and see. Suck it and see. And it's disgusting. <laughs> the prize, eh? I already know what the prize is going to be. Or do I actually? Anyway. So halfway, th- <laughs> halfway through this movie... Um, Kathy Allen asked us, what, do, what does Jasmine think of the movie? And my description was, I feel like at 42 minutes in, which isn't even halfway, at 42 minutes in, more should have happened by now. And we skipped 45 minutes of the movie and didn't really lose any plot points. Nah. We did see Quentin's friend who was waiting until prom to have sex, hooked up and had sex on the road trip they had. Yeah, actually, I felt the road trip was a bit redeeming. But then, like, I felt like I had a better feeling about the film because they'd actually brought in more characters. So it wasn't, like, the three dorky, boring mm. boys. So it was a couple of Margot's friends and, well, and also one of their girlfriends. And not her friend, then. Ben went to prom with the girl that he was creepily hitting on. Which doesn't happen in real life. Oh, but he was honest with her on the road trip. He talked real talk with her. I don't, I don't care. He confessed how he actually feels. <laughs> and she was just like, wow, in that case... Why would Go they make up for me. staring at her breasts instead of talking to looking in her eyes? It just doesn't work for me. Anyway, so I felt that was all redeeming, and you know they they fucked first and that, and they didn't wait till yeah, prom, which first. was stupid. They took the pressure off the prom. They took the pressure off the prom, and they actually like had the time of their lives. And then they all went their separate ways, and then which is weird. They also just drove up because he's like, Margot has to be here, and they're like, she's not here, dude. Give up. Like me and Jason oh, yeah. have been saying that since the beginning. I was like, dude, give up. They leave him. Like, I don't know how many states away, a long way. Yeah. With no possessions whatsoever. Yeah, it was pretty dumb. And then he goes to the prom and he's just like, lol, we're all friends again. I think I'd be pretty angry. <laughs> he gets to the prom anyway. Yeah. How does he get to the prom on time? Yeah, so they got all going to come with him and see Margot. And then got into the prom on time. Oh, yeah. He, st- he stays in that abandoned house for, like, ages. Gets a ride into town, meets Margot. Probably hangs out for her for a long time and then catches a bus back to Orlando conveniently, directly. <laughs> it's like a cross country, cross time zones, probably, right? And no? somehow gets back no. right on time to attend the prom. Yeah. There's no truth in this movie. No, there's no truth in the world. Like, what sort of world do we live in where this movie makes money? Here's what I want to, here's what I want to say to everyone. I think that we need to boycott these films. And demand that they put out better films. Or make films that aren't based on young adult novels. Yeah. Is that a problem, you think? Is that what the problem is? Well, I was just saying Perks of the Wallflower's good. Have you ever seen I Capture a Castle? No. That's pretty good. Have you ever seen Looking for Ella Brandy? No. Well, then you can't make that statement. Okay. There's plenty of, like, classic young adult I'm not saying that they make bad movies. It feels like there's a big push to, like, anything that's popular with young adults at the moment, make a movie out of it. Yeah. Trying to capture that. Well, maybe some young adult market. books are crap, and some are good. <laughs> like if you, yeah, like a good coming of age story is looking for Ella Brandy. It's Australian. Like a lot of intense shit happens in it, but it's really good. Highly recommend looking for Ella Brandy. I've seen it like a million times. And maybe I have seen it. The title of familiar. Yeah. Oh, also, so many like pointless callbacks to other parts of the script that weren't any good. Like he's like, "You're not what I thought you were." but you sure are something. And then she's like, you're pretty something too. And then he's like, whatever Margo's up to, later on in the film, 
but it's pretty something. It was just really unnecessary. Which is total crap, because when he went to see what she was actually doing, she was just being boring in a small town. Yeah, actually, like, and, and he proved, and it just, he learned nothing. Like, he still has this idea of her rather than the actual person. But yeah, you're right. Like, what does she, what does he mean pretty something? Like, if he just realized she was actually really fucking boring. She is really boring. I she feel is, like this is half us. She, she's exceedingly film. boring. Yeah, but he doesn't recognize that. Like, why can't there be, yeah, he's like... Still, yeah, he's still in awe of her. What should happen is he's, like, actually, I caught up with her, and she's still really fucking boring. That's what should happen at the end of the film. Like, and the moral should be, don't have an idea of someone, actually get to know them, because the reality might be different. And don't just assume that someone wants to be rescued. Yeah, totally. And don't try to take pieces of other people's lives, and... And not recognize the whole picture because often we look at other people and we envy them and we're like, yeah, I wish I had their sense of adventure or I wish I'd experienced the things they have. But you were right, Jaslyn, when he actually got to see her and her element when she was in supposed element when she was off and she'd run away, she actually has no fucking idea what she's doing. Because of course she doesn't. She's a young kid. And that's all I have to say about that. Cool. <laughs> I don't find this film inspiring because I'm sorry if what I seem boring, but God damn it. Better, better roles for women. Better roles for us all. More queer characters. More queer characters. Good night. Thanks so much for listening. If you have any comments or questions, please send them through to highexpectationspodcast at gmail.com. Check us out on SoundCloud, iTunes, Pocket Casts, or wherever you enjoy podcasts. See our Facebook page for details at High Expectations Podcast or on Twitter at High X Podcast. Have a great week. The climax of this film is so unsatisfying. This film is a ruined orgasm.